Hey everyone, welcome back. Do I have the holiday present for you? Just one of three of the trifecta we've released on the incredible Gina Kim out of Duke, who earned herself quite the gift at LPGA Q series in the form of LPGA membership. Congrats to Gina, she's been a dope subject to follow around, and shout out to her for tolerating me these past few months. Gina's had an incredible journey of resilience in the form of a big mental health turnaround in college, and I'm really excited to share a piece of her story today on the pod. We dive into a lot of it, but you also get to know a little bit more about Gina outside the golf, because, you know, that's how we roll around here. Um, but if you're new, uh, there's a lot of randomness that goes around, so... Stick around, it's a lot of fun. Gina is so fascinating. She has such a mature and refreshing perspective and has a great head on her shoulders and learning about the little things that she does to keep herself grounded was very interesting. If you wanna learn more about Gina and what she did to become a top 10 ranked amateur, uh, you can find out more in the written story and video feature that we did at firepitcollective.com and literally all over my Twitter page if you stumbled upon it. So I'm Jordan. I'm your host. If you don't know me, I love amateur golf, love college golf. A little bit about Gina if you've been tucked under a rock. Gina was a member of the winning Team USA 2021 Curtis Cup team, won a national title with Duke in 2019, most notably making the famous bunker shot that sent her team to the finals and a 2021 ACC individual champion. She's got a hell of a resume and quite the story behind it. But back to the present, shouts all around again to Gina for the major feat of securing her card. We recorded this right before she left her Q series, but she gives a really holistic look at the process of qualifying for the LPGA and the transition into the next part of her life, and how exactly she got her mind right. There's some great nuggets in here that you won't find in the written part or the video, so stick around and let's get into it. Gina, thanks for coming on. It's been super cool following your journey so far through LPGA qualifying and your senior fall at Duke, but now you're in the last bit of qualifying for LPGA status, which is a pretty big statement to make. But what's your mental process been like just these past three months? Uh, obviously excitement. Um, you know, this this been my childhood dream of being able to go, you know, eventually to the LPGA tour. So just being able to be in the process of doing that is already exciting to me. Obviously, you know, there there's times where, you know, I felt very stressed, a little overwhelmed with how quickly everything's moving along, especially my uh, career at Duke. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's just been a mixture of, I feel like a little bit of everything, um, anticipation, uh, you know, excitement, curiosity, also a bit of stress, a little nostalgia, you know, you name it. But um, I, I think I'm in a good place now and I, I feel like I matured some, I hope so, uh, but, I guess now that um, I'm kind of thinking towards the future and my career past Duke, I, I definitely feel like I have a different perspective than what I used to have even just uh, last semester. What changed between the two semesters? Well, I would say like um, 
obviously my perspective as a freshman was different versus like last semester versus now but you know there was a lot of I guess the way I talked about things like oh like you know if when I go to Q school or if I even make it through stage two or a lot of ifs ands and you know a lot of hypothetical and you know like kind of being so wound up about how things are going to go um, but obviously now that I'm in the process it's a lot more you know just being able to manage my emotions a little better and also with the fact that I don't really have as much time at Duke than I feel like I do you know I I feel like it takes a lot uh, for someone to you know make me make me lose it <laughs> I feel like I have a lot more patience these days. Um, it's like, whatever, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm trying to leave this place on a good note. So um, it, it, it definitely takes a lot more for someone to get me all riled up. So I think it's just those type of perspectives, like, you know what, like, I'm just gonna enjoy my time here. You mentioned nostalgia, gratitude in relation to Duke. Uh, the Duke to professional golf pipeline is just massive. There was a few other Blue Devils trying to compete with you as well at Q School to earn status. So when everybody's kind of coming around, what's the vibe like? Is it just like a giant reunion? Well, I feel like I'm a little more fortunate in that sense because I have some uh, people uh, who, was on, who was on my team when I first came in as a freshman. And um, obviously, you know, their priorities are very similar to my priorities. So uh, I'm very close with them, even, even in, when I was in college. So, you know, at least I got people to be able to have like a little reunion. We even went to go get ice cream together, like after a practice round or something. But I would say because I know everybody, or at least everybody knows that, you know, we're all competing for a spot into Q series and eventually, out on the LPGA, I feel like the environment's definitely a little tense, a little cold. Um, and, you know, not saying that there's anything wrong with it. Uh, just, I mean, that's just the reality of it. Uh, that's just how competition works. But, you know, I can definitely see, you know, people could get lonely out there if they don't have the right circle of support. So I, I think I'm definitely more fortunate in that sense, uh, just being able to have people around me who, who care um, about my passions and, you know, pursuit to happiness, as I'd call it. Um, so I think, I think I'm very lucky. The closer you get to a life of professional golf, what have been your thoughts about it? Have they changed as you've gotten closer and had different firsthand experiences? Have you gotten a lot of good advice as it relates to the transition? Or do you feel like it's something that you're maybe just going to have to experience to learn more about? I mean, I, I feel like I, I did get a taste of, you know, how tough professional life is just from playing in like the US Open and stuff. And obviously that's not going to count for like the whole lifestyle. I mean, this is just one week, but it was definitely a rigorous week for me. And just hearing you know, what my coaches and what my parents say about it and, you know, how you're supposed to go about on enduring and saving energy and being very intentional with your time. Um, I, I think I could 
grab a sense of what that was like. But like, like you said, I think I'd actually have to be on that lifestyle completely of just traveling and taking these red eye flights for me to fully understand you know, what's different about it versus college, because obviously college is rigorous in its own way, but um, having the pro lifestyle, it's just 100% into golf. And, you know, it, that's right there is obviously very different from college where you're having to balance everything, uh, academics, social life, you know, whatever. And I, I think I'd have to, you know, do it myself for me to really get a good feel of what people are talking about. What's the best piece of advice you've gotten from mentors or former teammates about turning pro? Um, I, I guess, you know, just the fact that I'm struggling to figure out when I want to turn pro. Um, I've, I think that's one thing that changed a lot for me, like how I feel like I matured and stuff or what changed. It's um, last semester, I was like, ooh, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I'm a little nervous. What happens if this happens? And I'm just busy kind of calculating all sorts of scenarios in my head. But I feel like at this point, like, I know I'm ready to go pro. Um, I know I'm going to do amazing out there as soon as I get out there. Um, so at this point, whatever I choose for, um, is more based on what I feel like I want to do, you know, um, if, if I do want to go, I want to be a hundred percent sure it's because I want to go, not because of any external factors like, you know, money or, you know, the whole scheduling, the reshuffle, you know, trying to attain, you know, solid tour status to make sure I don't come back to Q school again next year. Honestly, at that point, at this point, it's like, I, I don't even look at that anymore because I, I know I'm going to make it. Uh, but from what my teammates tell me, especially like Erica, because I've talked a lot to her about this, because I know she eventually wants to go pro someday. I don't, I don't know when that may be, but you know, she said, you know, the hardest part about this is that both options are right. It, at, at this point, you just got to figure out what you feel like fits best for your scenario and where your heart's telling you to go, because there's no wrong answers here. And I think that took off a lot of pressure. Um, and burden off my shoulders because I know you know my team obviously depends on me a lot as a senior so there there was a lot of you know calculations and stuff like that and trying to nitpick on which one would be the best option for me but I think at this point after Q series you know I think I'll have a good idea of you know yeah I'm feeling I'm feeling better about this option um so yeah we'll, we'll see after after Q series which isn't too far away. What's your prep been like? Oh God, <laughs> my prep hasn't been that great to be honest. I'm just simply because of academics um, and trying to explain to my professors on why I'm missing so much class. Uh, and you know, weather hasn't been great either. So in terms of quantity, I haven't really been on top of it as I usually am, but because I know that I've been very intentional about my time and I'm really not wasting a minute out there. So once I, once I go out to practice, like you lost me, like I, I'm gone. I'm like separate from the rest of the world. Like I'm not even looking at my phone. Um, so I, I feel like I'm in a good spot right now, even though I haven't been able to 
um, spend as much time as I'd like to, but that's why I'm actually leaving tomorrow morning to go to Alabama and get some work done. Uh, just get ready for the two weeks and just try to, you know, get some quality practice in and, and save some strength. Q series takes place on the Robert Trent Jones trail. Have you ever played either one of those courses? No, I haven't, I haven't been to any of these. Um, so it's going to be a new experience for sure. Uh, I, I went out in 2019 to go watch my friend at, uh, in Piners. So I thought maybe it might be in Piners again this year. And I was like, that would be great. Cause like I've played those courses ever since I was growing up, but, um, they, they changed the sites and I don't know, I think that might be a blessing in disguise just to have a fresh look on it, you know, rather than expecting stuff to happen. I think it'll be good. So I want to dive more into your background for those who aren't as familiar and are listening. You're from Chapel Hill, traveled across town to spend your years of college at Duke. Obviously, playing for Dan Brooks and going to college at Duke is the opportunity of a lifetime, but what else about your time in school proved you made the right choice, aside from, you know, winning a national title? Yeah, geez, I I don't think I could really, well, no, I, I take that back. Um, obviously, when I was making my decision for college, you know, it's, I, I'm a, I, back then I was a very result-oriented person, uh, so the way I was thinking about this is like, okay, where do I feel like I'm going to get the most support and where do I have the best chance of getting a great academic education, a great diploma, and where can, where do I have the best chance of getting a national title? That was the first thing on my mind. And obviously with the man who's won the most in the country, I, you know, you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> and it happened to be next door. So I was like, ah, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to sacrifice, you know, you know, have a little conflict of interest and be, be an outsider in that sense. But after winning the national title in 2019 uh, was pretty important, but I think the people who are on that team and the people, uh, the people on the team right now, um, I know you got to see like us having a meal together. I just think, you know, coach, coach Brooks is really strategic in who he picks on this team. You know, obviously they're going to have to be a great golfer, you know, that there's no question about that, but he also looks into the character of that person and, you know, I, I didn't realize before, but I, I feel like, you know, it's the people that really made me think, wow, I, I came to the right place. Because if I were to drive around the UNC campus right now, I just cannot imagine myself there. It, Duke seems more homey to me, I guess, if that's how I were to say it. Uh, it's just the people make me feel comfortable here. And it's not just the team, it's the people in the athletic department. Um, just having those personal connections with you know, everybody who's involved with the women's golf program and people who aren't as well. So um, I definitely do feel thankful and grateful to the coaches for giving me a chance to even come to this place. So you told me a little story about how your intro to golf was a little bit slow, but the first time you played a tournament, you won. I'm sure that was pretty gratifying in a way and kind of motivated you to keep it going. But I remember you talked a little bit about how it took you a while 
growing up to come out of your shell. And honestly, that took me by surprise because you're so social, affable, and super friendly, and you're a great leader for your team. So how do you connect so well with everybody in the Duke Women's Golf Program, and how do you feel like golf contributed to that change? Um, yeah, you can definitely ask Erica about that. I used to be really quiet and I just have my own little corner in the putting green where I just be silent and not really talk to anybody. But, um, I don't know. I think that's one of the biggest blessings I've received while playing golf is just being able to see a lot of the same people, um, almost every week, uh, during the summer, uh, just simply because we're all going to the same tournaments. We're all in the same place. We're all, trying to achieve the same thing. And, you know, there, you can relate a lot to that uh, with other people. So I became friends with Erica when I was a junior golfer. And, you know, you, you end up having these conversations about like, oh, you know, what do you aspire to do? You know, what, what do you want to do uh, when you get into college? I mean, you, you sort of ask these questions, obviously later on in your high school career, but I think just being able to have the opportunity to meet a lot of people um, was really important for me because in high school, uh, people just knew me as the golfer girl. Like I was kind of one of those low key, like people don't come up and talk to me, but everybody knew who I was and they knew me as the golfer girl. Um, So honestly, I kind of like minded my own business in in high school, but I, I feel like golf was like my happy place where I'm able to be able to socialize a little more because I feel like to a certain extent, you know, a lot of people in my high school wouldn't really understand the sacrifice it would take to get to this level. So it's nice to have people who can relate to that. So in a sense, you feel like you've grew based off a passion and because there were so many other people who were so like-minded as you growing up. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. What else were you into now that we're going back in time a little bit? I know you kind of let me in on your One Direction phase, and if you don't want to go too deep into it on the pod, that's all right, but would love to get a glimpse into what made you who you are today. Um, I So, like, obviously, I love listening to music. Like, anybody could tell you when I'm walking around campus, I got my AirPods and, and, you know, I'm still guilty of this, but I list, I sometimes listen to some of the One Direction albums. <laughs> um, I used to love BTS as well. I still do. Back when no one knew who BTS was. Uh, I guess uh, I'm the type of person who loves family time. So my sister and I, like on these cold days, like we would just get one of those fuzzy blankets, make hot chocolate and go binge watch a bunch of TV shows on Netflix. Uh, huge creds to my sister for getting that Netflix subscription. But anyways, um, I don't know. It's just, I, I like spending time with people. Um, kind of more like low key vibes, I guess. Like not a huge function, but more like a small group of friends and just hanging out with them. It was just that golf took up a lot of time, especially with the traveling that I didn't really have much of a chance to do so. Um, but yeah, honestly, I was just so focused on golf at that point. I I don't think I even realized what I like to do. And then, I mean, it's the whole balance thing and, you know, 
you know, chilling out mindset um, when I came into college where I realized, oh, okay, I love cooking. You know, I love that. That's very therapeutic for me. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't think I could solidly tell you, oh, this is what I like to do um, in junior golf, just simply because I don't feel like I had the right mindset for it. Well, a big part of your story now that we focused on is you do now. And you understand why that balance is so important and how much process means to you and not beating yourself up over the little mistakes and allowing yourself to relax, so to speak. But what's your advice to people who struggle to find that balance and see process or understand process goals in general? Uh, I guess just attitude with gratitude, um, even when things aren't going well. Uh, you'd be surprised to, you know, you'd be surprised to see like how flexible your mindset can be if you truly make the choice to do so. Because mm, obviously I feel like happiness is a choice. It's a commitment. I feel like the like half glass uh, full or empty, you know, so even when things aren't going so well for me, obviously I'm nervous and, and that's a very natural thing. Like I'm not discrediting that in any way, but you know, just being able to tell yourself even out loud, like, well, you know, I'm so glad I even have the privilege to swing a golf club today. Cause I know there's a lot of people out there who wish they could, but they can't. Or I'm so glad I get to be able to spend some time with people I love and have a great time out here. And, you know, obviously right now, even though I'm struggling, like, I'm still grateful for this opportunity because it can, I can change it anytime. And I think that helped picked me up and I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's right. That's right. What, what, what am I doing? Like beating myself up over here in the corner? Like why, why am I even doing that to myself? And you, I mean, literally you can see it in the shots I hit when I, when I pick myself up and turn it around and I have to you know, give myself a little mental slap to the face. Uh, but I think that's the biggest advice because, you know, sometimes I hear, oh, don't be mad. Don't be nervous. Well, shoot. You know, I, I wonder why I didn't think, I didn't think of that. You know, that's a, such a very, well, duh kind of thing to say, you know? So even when you're like nervous or, you know, you're really down and you're down in the dumps mentally too, I think just being able to change the language you say to yourself, because that's a huge part, I feel like. Some people will see me out there talking to myself like, like some crazy woman. And, you know, that's okay for me. I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm out here trying to be happy. So um, I, I think I just stopped really caring about what other people think. And I'm just talking to myself like, you know what? You're doing a great job. I, I, people tend to overlook that. They don't, I feel like people don't tell themselves they're doing a great job enough. And I've, I've learned that the hard way. Um, and ever since, like, I've had my whole mental breakdowns in freshman year, I, I made the decision and the commitment to constantly tell myself I'm doing a great job. You know, all those nice positive things. Do you do little daily affirmations to keep yourself grounded or things in your routine? I know you told me that you kind of talk yourself through things, but are there things that you specifically tell yourself maybe going into things that you need to do so you can keep yourself in a good headspace? Yeah, like literally when I, literally as soon as I wake up in the morning, like 
I, I mean, I'm Christian, so like it, it's a huge part of my identity. And our pastor was talking about like attitude with gratitude. So as soon as I wake up in the morning, I'm like, wow, thank you, God, for like, you know, helping me get up to, uh, this morning. And then I'll go to the bathroom and I'll be brushing my teeth and I'll be looking at myself at the mirror and be like, today's a great day to get some work done. Today's a great day to become a better Gina. Because um, I used to compare myself a lot to other people, but at this point, I'm just comparing myself to my own standards since I know the best of what those standards are. And sometimes I like, especially like my warm up playlist for tournaments, um, I play a lot of like, um, uh, I guess, Hillsong, <laughs> a lot of gospel music, um, gospel pop, if, if that's what you call it. I'm not even sure. But, but also I play some songs where um, the lyrics have a lot more meaning and I'm actually listening to the lyrics. So I tend to tailor even my music taste to kind of helping me adjust my mindset as well. Like back then I used to just listen to just mumble rap. Uh, but nowadays I'm trying to be a little more intentional even with my music because I know I spend a lot of time with it like it's just a lot of reflection like wow I spend a lot of time with my airpods in and music obviously has a huge influence on me so let's let's adjust it a little bit so we can be a little more productive with that too so yeah <laughs> it's just a little people think it's like some crazy changes to your life but it really isn't it's it's those little things that you need to pay attention to and give some more love to it rather than trying to turn your life 180 degrees um because that's not sustainable at all like you're going to give up after like a couple of days yeah grand identity shifts are pretty difficult to achieve and you're always going to have the core of who you are remain the same but like you said it just takes little things you're implementing or trying to something new to alter your mindset or even just the language like you said right like i i, I think people should realize like just to try to become a better version of you does not require you to compromise what's important to you or what makes you, you, you know? Um, so, cause it's too draining. I mean, you, you're trying to change all sorts of stuff. It's just draining. I mean, it's just, I mean, no one can do that. Not, not even the most disciplined person can tr do that over long periods of time. So I guess just finding little things that are achievable and that are easy uh, to achieve yet brings really good benefits to your mindset. I think that's what people need to look into. I don't know. That's what I found to be successful for me. Sounds like you've got life coach as a side hustle here. <laughs> In case you were looking for one, I think it worked pretty well. Yeah, maybe, maybe after, maybe after tour live. <laughs> Something to look into. Okay, we're going to play a little game of this or that with a few random questions. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Best spot on campus at Duke, and you can't say the golf facility. Jeez. <laughs> um, I would say uh, Wu, our dining center, uh, especially when you look outside or like when you just come outside um, when the sun sets, perfect. Let me just say that dining hall is beautiful. Lots of large, gorgeous windows, lots of food choices. I highly recommend to anyone who steps foot onto campus to check it out. It's literally the most beautiful dining hall I've ever seen. Like it's, I've never seen, I, like I couldn't 
have imagined a dining hall look so architecturally gorgeous. Um, on that note, in your opinion, what is the best thing to eat there? Oh, God. Oh, geez. Oh, I, I usually tend to go to the Italian section to get my pasta. They customize your pasta, too, if you want. Um, or sometimes I go to ginger and soy to get a poke bowl or some sushi. Um, so yeah, it's, it's usually those two places for me. I know you mentioned you enjoyed cooking, but what's your favorite thing to cook? Uh, obviously since my mom's cooking is very, very delicious to me and I tend to be very picky about where I go eat outside of the house. Um, I tend to just learn from her, like, how does she cook things? Um, so that way, you know, I can fend for myself when I get my own place. It's just more of learning with my mom. And honestly, like, uh, before college, like, all my mom would talk about is golf, 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 golf. Um, we know, I, I don't think we really spent any quality time together outside of the golf world. So just being able to cook with her and just talk to her about, like, little uh nuances of daily life you know just hearing how her day's going or whatever I think that's really refreshing to hear what's your favorite family meal Ooh, Jesus um Korean barbecue the way my mom yeah it's it's just too good you can't I mean she she cooks a lot of great things with my dad as well um but I'd say Korean barbecue okay sounds delicious already Tell me the funniest teammate you had at Duke. I would say Miranda Wang. I don't know why that girl cracks me up. Um, she she was on the team like my freshman and sophomore year, but I mean, she just says the funniest things, and half the time, like she has like no thoughts passing her head because she's just so tired from. Um, studying because she was a double major and she graduated within three years so like this poor girl like her brain is fried so sometimes the stuff she says is just hilarious like we're, we're, we're hitting balls on the facility <laughs> and Virginia and coach are talking and I'm busy over here minding my own business and she'll literally turn around and start dancing and say guys my birthday's next week and then turn around and just start hitting balls again and we're like what <laughs> But yeah, I, I miss that girl so much. Um, she's great. I think everybody's got their little quirks, but um, I, Miranda stands out the most to me. Favorite course you've played in college golf or amateur golf? Let's broaden it out a little bit. Oh, okay, good. Because uh, I guess the national, hands down. I, you can't beat that one. You just can't. It's just, they treat us so well, you know, and just to be able to play on that course, is just a dream come true. Uh, that's where a lot of the attitude with gratitude comes in like wow shoot some people wish they could even come on the property and yet here I am playing playing a round of golf and I shot six over that day I mean <laughs> it was a terrible round in terms of just being you know objectively nitpicking on what I need to work on but it's like who cares like I got to play Augusta National and I managed to pull out from the bunker like this is a story I'm going to be able to tell my grandkids later on like I'm fine so yeah it's a pretty amazing flex to have a grandma that hold out of a bunker at Augusta, so they'll be pretty lucky. Next one, celeb crush. Oh, jeez. Uh, 
BTS Jungkook or Harry Styles? Now, I've already met Niall and he's a great dude, but I am trying to inch closer to Harry Styles and apparently he's getting interested into golf. So, uh, you know, if anybody bears witness to this, I am very much available for a round of golf for Harry. <laughs> Harry, Gina is available whenever. Hit her up. You're inching in on the orbit slowly. Uh, I guess we were on the topic of food. So with the holidays coming around, what's your favorite holiday food? Do you have any traditions? Certain kind of cookie? What's up? I witnessed firsthand you and the rest of the Duke women's golf team making gingerbread houses. But did you end up eating it? We, we did eat it. And it was actually pretty good. Like I was kind of worried because um, usually like my other teammates who have done gingerbread house making, like, they're like, yeah, don't be too hung up on the taste. Like, usually it's not great, but we ate it. And we're like, oh, dang, this is actually pretty good. Like, so we ended up finishing all of it, except for the big house where it has the Duke women's golf on the side. We actually left that in our lobby. We're not letting anybody touch that. That's just our main little house. <laughs> but um, I guess... In terms of cooking, there's really, I wouldn't say traditions. I mean, I do help my mom cook a lot and we tend to go to friends' houses for Thanksgiving, obviously with COVID, you know, that kind of ruined our plans a bit. But I would just like to say turkey's overrated. I'm a huge like ham girl with, you know, the gravy and get that going. Like, sorry, turkey's too dry. Wow, that's a hot take on the week of Thanksgiving. So safe to say you'll be having ham? Honestly, no, because I'm leaving for Alabama for Q-Series. So it's just going to be my mom and I. It's going to be a pretty depressing Thanksgiving, actually. But I guess some sacrifices are needed to be made for my career later on. But um, I, I should be done by uh, Christmas, like before Christmas time. So I think I'm just going to, you know mush up the both holidays in one and have a nice big celebration uh, at that time. I was going to say, you got to make up for it later. Have something satisfying on Thanksgiving so it still feels like the day, but just go all out on Christmas. Well, I'm not going to skip out on the Black Friday shopping. That's what the internet is there for. So, you know, I may not be able to get the food I want, but maybe I might be able to get some stuff at Sephora that I always wanted, so... Are we on the VIV Beauty Insider list? Is that what we're confessing to here? Trying to. We're, we're inching our way, but uh, I have not invested enough money for that yet. <laughs> and we get our yearly birthday gift, right? Yes, I am waiting for the yearly birthday gift in May. So uh, counting down the days, it's going to take a while, but it's okay as long as we get it. I actually saw somewhere that apparently you can redeem your birthday gift outside of your birthday month. Don't quote me on it. Uh, the internet is a place with varying levels of factual information. Yeah, I'll, I'll go look into it. Why not? You know, if there's yeah. a chance, I'll take it. I saw it on TikTok, so take it with a grain of salt. You're at an arcade with friends. What's the game you're dominating at? Skee-ball, air hockey, what's, what's Gina Kim's jam? Ooh. I would say ice the ice hockey um not not because my hand eye coordination is great but just because uh I, I tend to put all my heart and soul into it so I tend to 
you know, smack it a little with more passion than other people. Other people are just kind of like messing around, but I'm out here to actually like to win this thing. <laughs> so um, honestly, I've never tried any arcade games, so I can't really tell you for sure, but I, I don't know why. I'm just, uh, I just feel like I'd be good at ice hockey. <laughs> All right, my final question. You show up to Q-Series and surprise, it's not a golf tournament, but rather a contest that demands you a dance either. The say-so TikTok dance, the Cupid Shuffle, or the cha-cha slide. Which one are you picking? Ah, oh, jeez. Well, I'd say the the cha-cha slide because they actually tell you what to do they do. they do i suck at dancing i mean i really shouldn't be dancing for the sake of world peace here like i am so stiff i just cannot dance for some odd reason but i'm really good at following directions so if you tell me what to do i'll i'll try my best to get it right um and obviously with the cha-cha slide the instructions are there in the song so you know you can't go wrong with it <laughs> You just can't. So I'm going to go with that just simply for my safety too. <laughs> Cha-cha real smooth to the 18th green. There you go. You've got status. Okay. That's all I've got for you. I know it was a lot. Thanks for sticking through it. I loved this little casual spin we did on your story. It was a lot of fun. No, thank you so much for allowing me to talk about stuff like this. This is fun. I love doing this. That was a blast. Thanks again to Gina for coming on and thank you to anyone who listened. I had a lot of fun recording this one and writing and producing every component of this story and I urge you to check all of them out. Um, I'm really grateful I've got this platform to share stories like this that I'm super passionate about, um, especially when you get to witness such an incredible rise to the top from an, an incredible golfer, but an even better person. So I hope in general you're liking uh, all these stories. This has been a blast to host and produce this podcast. And yeah, I won't keep you any longer. Sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, and yeah, see you for the next one. Uh, check the description for all of Gina's socials so you can follow her. And yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode per usual. See ya.